This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and take it to the front lines to the people that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, as well as the CEO of Comart. And with me is the highly buffed. Is buffed? Your Dan's looking pretty buffed this morning as we're recording this podcast. And uh, and yeah. So Dan, would you like to say good morning and hello, or good afternoon, good evening, whatever? Good morning. I'll be going to the gym after this podcast to work on my <laughs> buffness. So um, welcome. So. Uh, Today, uh, I think uh, the the you know Donnie and I have been uh, uh, recording podcasts on how to improve your business, not just bringing guests in, but kind of some of the stuff that he's learned uh, through his uh, tenure at Triangle and mine. With uh, uh, long ago, I owned a pest control company and um, now um, work with uh, hundreds of them. So uh, some of the things that we get to see and. One of the things that um, I think is really interesting is uh, branding, or how do you make a brand? How do you uh, show your brand to 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 your market? And um, uh, you know, um, it, it's easy to to create the the logo and whatnot. But what is a brand? So this is actually out of Google. A brand is an intangible marketing or business concept that helps people identify a company, product, or individual. This is interesting. People often confuse brands brands with things like logos, slogans, and other recognizable marks, which are marketing tools that help promote goods and services. So it's all about your image to the outside world and how do you create that image. That image gets created by you doing a great job and people wanting to do business with you because your people are friendly and um you know, your clips are clean, et cetera, et cetera. So how do we build a, a brand that we're proud of? And I'll throw that over to you because Triangle's actually a pretty well-known and, and well-respected brand in, in your market. Well, you know, one of the things I will talk about, and I want to start with this, is that if you go, let's just say we went to Pest World or we went to CO2 or whatever, right? You go to a conference and you just grab any random owner and you say, hey, what, what, why, why should someone choose your business? What are they going to say? Because we, because we do things right. We get there on time. We're well respected. We're, you know, everything, we do the right everybody thing. does. We do we the have right great thing. Service. Yeah. 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 So basically, we, what we are have they core saying? values? You name right. it. Right. All yeah. That. Yeah. So basically, what are they saying? I don't know. Are you being differentiated? The answer is no. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, I so so when we talk about brand, there are fundamentals. Right. And and there is no doubt. Um, you know, when you say, well, our brand is, is we provide great service. Well, guess what? I don't know anyone that's thrown on the front of their website. We offer mediocre service, right? No one does that. And and so, you know, is is it a brand? Yes. Is it a strong brand? Probably not. It's definitely not differentiated, right? And we've talked about this before in the podcast. Everyone kind of expects that. 
But the fact is, is that great marketing and even great branding is only going to get you so far if you can't deliver on the service. And we're going to get into this a little bit later on. But I just want to make that point here is that, you know, there's two different things that we're talking about here. Number one is making and delivering on the promise. Number two is being memorable in, in, in doing it. And I think the first place to start here is, is that, you know, we, we talk about this thing as a brand. And my gosh, we could spend a whole freaking week talking about that question. Uh, I like how you defined it right out the gate. You know, one of the connections that I think a lot of people don't make is a company has a brand. Well, what makes up a company? Teams of people, right? Well, they have a brand and you keep going up the chain. Well, your leadership team has a brand and then ultimately you as a person have a brand, right? All it is is just how people identify you and what you're about. And so, you know, anytime we talk about what is a brand and how do you build it, you know, a good place to start is in the mirror. I mean, and that's that's the God's honest truth, right? Like, am I am I the face and am I doing or becoming the person that I want my company to be? You know, Michael Gerber, we had him on the podcast. Um, I don't know. What was it? A few months back. But in his book, and he says this all the time. A business is nothing but the reflection of the owner. Now, so how and I about, see that. Yeah. <laughs> how about so? So it's interesting. So everybody can get all jazzed about this podcast and go, OK, I'm building a brand. Right. But what about the concept of longevity? Like there, there's a restaurant in my town that's been here forever. Right. And everybody knows it. Everybody goes to it. The kids go to it after Little League games. You know, it's just like a in the community. So what about the longevity? Uh, you, you know, you can do all of these things, but it's consistent. It's consistency and it's consistency year after year. How, mm -hmm. how does that uh, how, how does that build on? Yeah. And, and I think what you're getting to is, is, you know, how do we back up? Because, you know, you could be the greatest person in the world. And if you can't execute as a business, it's going to hurt your brand. But I also want to make sure that everyone understands before we get into the, you know, the functionally how do you how do you see that through your business it all starts with you right you can't be you can't be someone who is a little shady doesn't quite follow through on your promises doesn't show up on time or whatever you know whatever you want to make it to be you can't not be that person and expect your people or your company to be that so so number one is this fundamental idea that you know the business is nothing more than a reflection of you so when you look at what you want your business to look like, you need to start in the mirror and you need to say, OK, well, what do I look like? That's, that's step number one. Then step number two is and getting back to your question, which is how do you build it? You know, longevity wise is that you need to attract people around you who hold the same values. That's number one. And then number two is you need to build the systems in place that people will absolutely follow through on building that consistency. And so. You know, when I think about, um, again, going back to E-Myth, and you, you can do this in traction. I mean, it doesn't have to be. There's several books that they all come back to the same thing, which is, number one, you as an owner, you know, you decide this is how I want my business to show up. And then number two, it's creating the systems, the procedures and the checklist and attracting the people around you who will operate those systems, procedures and checklists and make them better and better and better over time. That's how you build a brand. But, but again, you can't. 
you can't shortcut the process, right? You can't be one person and expect other people to be something different. And likewise, you can't be this great person and not build the systems and just assume everyone's going to know what's in your brain and act just like you would in those cases. So does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yeah, so it sounds to me like what you're saying is that uh, most people think of a brand as a marketing play, but in order to build a good brand, you can't just do good marketing because at the end of the day, you have to provide good service and good. Uh, well, you know, what's interesting is, um, are you familiar with the brand Yeti? I'm sure you are. Very right? familiar with the brand Yeti. You know how much marketing they do? Uh, I never see them marketed. Zero. That's exactly right. They don't do marketing. Yet, yeah. what's their brand? It, I mean, the coolers, the the, the glasses, the yeah. everything that they do. And, and they're yeah. pretty high end. They're pretty darn expensive if you compare their product against somebody else's. For the oh, same they're price. way expensive. But but the coolers are fantastic. I did a camp out this weekend with my boys and I threw ice and we, I bought a Yeti cooler. And by the way, it pained me to spend that much money for a cooler, but I did it anyway. And we threw ice in that thing on Friday night. And Monday morning when I emptied it, there was still ice in it. It's just crazy, right? They have really, really good coolers. But the fact is, I mean, that's an example of where, you know, marketing is not, it only, it's like money, right? Money only accentuates who you are. It makes you more of who you are, just like marketing makes you more of who you are. So if you don't have the fundamentals down, right? If you don't have the systems, if you can't deliver on the promise, all marketing is going to do is, you know, speed up your, your demise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and so, so, you know, a lot of people think branding is marketing. That's, I, I don't know that I fully agree with that. You know, to me, branding is you can deliver on your promises. You can show up on time. You can answer your phone. You can, you know, in this case, give people green grass or, or you know, a bug free home and you can do it consistently, right? You can deliver on that promise, no matter what the circumstances are. That's, that's your brand. Marketing, all that does is just tell people about who you are. And so, um, you know, Yeti is a perfect example of that. You know, Yeti, they're coolers. And I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm not a cooler guy. I don't have a, I don't have a horse in that race. I don't, I'm not like really big. Like I've got to have the, the most perfect cooler. But I bought one because I'm like, hey, you know, I, same thing I'd heard that they were great. I was, I went on a trip last year and a buddy of mine had one of them. And I was just amazed at how well it kept ice. And so I was like, all right. I'll take one for when we go camping out. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not some big super camper, but I have young boys who think it's cool and that's what I do. But, um, but it worked, right? I mean, it delivered on the promise. And so I think that's where we need to start. And, and what's interesting is that if you ask everyone, well, what, tell me about your company, you know, I guarantee you 90% of them will say that they're in the top 20% of service companies. Now, I'm not so, a math major, right? And and I know that you're an accountant here, but that is <laughs> absolutely impossible. Have you met someone that said, yeah, we're in the bottom 25%? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, so, when I was in high school, just kidding. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my classroom. So, I, mean, I know <laughs> that we're, and I know right now, you know, probably <laughs> listeners are probably like, we're, we're all in philosophical land right now, but it absolutely is true, right? You, you need to get your brain wrapped around, you know, the idea that you're probably not as good as you think you are. And that's not a critical, look, I had this happen to me just recently. You know, I, I, I started digging into a few things here at Triangle and, and I thought we were doing it really well. And it turns out we wouldn't, you know, 
it, it it's never a fixed thing, right? Yeah, I guarantee you, every person that's listening to this podcast right now, I guarantee you, if you go and look on your service side and you start really digging in, you're going to find things that are supposed to be one way that are probably it's not quite the way that you think it it should be. And I don't mean that as like you know like a threat or or even like a, a criticism. That's just that's just being in business, right? It's 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 never 100% perfect, and so. And it's always a moving target. So even if you set your service procedures up and everyone's following it and everyone's following a checklist and stuff like that, what's happening in the world is, is that it's moving. And so you constantly have to adapt. And so this is never like you hit the finish line, right? It's just more of like you build the process and you're constantly trying to to improve the process. So anyway, I interrupted you, Dan. What were you going to ask or say? So, that? you know, in preparing for this podcast, I kind of was thinking about, OK, well, what what what? And you kind of hit on it is that it's it's a reflection of the owner. But is it something that you're proud of? So I kind of came up with a question. Do you ever have, have a car that was stellar in all areas? It looked great. It was clean. The engine purred like a tiger. When you looked under the hood, it was clean. You so clean that you eat off it. You drive it with a sense of pride. Well, it could be the same thing about your company that it's shiny clean firing on all cylinders. And it's about your pride, but it's also about systems, right? So the outside of the car, you have to wax the outside of the car. You have to clean it. You have to work on the inside of the car and make sure that, uh, you know, your, your, your seats are all, you know, armor old or whatever you do. And then, and then uh, cleaning your engine, right? So there, those are three systems. So one of the things on, on building this uh, brand, we need a checklist. And the checklist, if you look at what are the three you know, besides marketing, uh, what are the three areas that, that 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 are under the hood? That's your office operations, your sales operations, and your field operations. And how do we keep it all straight? So let's kind of dive into uh, office operations and the checklist that that you should have. What do you guys do for workflow? Role of CSRs, role of data entry, role of Right. You have an auditor, and that person doesn't have to be called an auditor, but who checks all the data that goes into the the, the CRM from the phone calls and whatnot, you know? Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about this. I mean, I mean fundamentally, um, and, and you were getting going down this road is, you know, and I want to come back to Brandon, I'm going to answer your question. Number one, in general, when it comes to pest and lawn, they are simple businesses. It's not rocket science to go out and treat someone's home for uh, either either weeds or or even pests, right? It, I've said this several times. Our business is not complicated, but it is extremely difficult to scale it in a great way. It's like getting in shape, right? Getting in shape is not complicated. We all know what we need to do, right? We all know that we need to eat less, work out more, whatever that. But it's the it's the behaviors that really matter. And so bringing that back to what does that mean in your business? You want to build a good brand, you absolutely have to be a systems focused company. Now, that may sound a little contrary to what we've talked about in the past in terms of building a culture. But the fact is, is like, <clears throat> you know, you start with systems. It, it's almost like a two pronged approach when when you're building a company that has a fantastic brand that can deliver on the promise. Number one is you you build the fundamental systems that drive your business. And then number two, you build your people. And, and sometimes people think that's like that they're almost like um, they're opposed to each other. Like, well, you know, the right people don't need systems. Baloney. Right. 
<laughs> it's it's more of like you get the right person, they see the value of the checklist, they see the value of systems, and it frees them up to think at a higher level. It frees them up. They don't or they're not solving the same problems over and over and over and over again. And eventually they'll, you know, they'll like the procedures, they'll like the systems because it makes them consistent all the time. So bringing that back to what does that look like in the office? You know, in the early days, I had a simple thing. It was a, it was literally, I, I still remember this. Uh, we had a daily checklist. I printed it out. And I think there was like three people in the office and each person had a item on the checklist and we would, we would initial that item. We would sign the checklist and it would get turned in on my desk at the end of the day. And we had a daily, we had a weekly, and then we had a monthly, you know, today, all that stuff is, it's all electronic now. We use Basecamp for that, but it's the same stinking thing. <laughs> There's a daily for, you know, now it's way more sophisticated and it's, and it's more driven towards the position. So like an inside salesperson is going to have their daily, an inside sales is going to have their weekly and their monthly. And same thing for CSR. And, you know, an office manager is going to sit on top of all of that. And they're the ones who get these completed checklists. Now, you don't have to use Basecamp. You can use Google Sheets. You can use a piece of paper. It doesn't matter, right? It, 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 whatever software you use. I, like, I personally like Basecamp because it's pretty easy and I kind of grew up in that world. Um, and it notifies folks when things are done. Um, but the fact is, is that that checklist, number one, it's in place. It's in place for each position. And there's accountability as to when it gets done because there's an office manager who's who's looking at that and making sure that those get completed. And we do have an auditor, but the auditor is at a position level. So we have audit reports that's checking data, making sure it's good to go. That's all part of the system. And what's really, really nice about that is that now, you know, as an owner, when you have rock solid systems that people are following, now you know if your inputs are making a difference, right? When everyone's kind of doing their own thing and you make a change, some people it may work for, some it may not because it's, you don't know, right? You have no standard to measure against. And so, you know, for us at Triangle, it's, it's base camp checklist, it's daily, weekly, monthly, and even in some cases annual, um, you know, like if we're gonna get set up for mosquito or, or whatever, and we got to start getting, you know, mosquito accounts prepped and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But but at the end of the day, it follows that format, which is, you know, daily, weekly, monthly and then annual. And then there's someone who sits on top of that to make sure that they get done. The accountability part is the, you know, I, I mean, that I know that sounds like one on one type stuff, but it absolutely is true. So. Well, it, it's interesting that, that you picked up on that. And you and I actually didn't discuss this, but we, um, you know, uh, from an accounting perspective or a bookkeeping perspective, which kind of uh, gets you the, the the data that you need if you if you execute it properly, we actually, um, um, you know, uh, I, I actually wrote a book probably 20 years ago when uh, uh, for uh, how to use PESPAC, and it it wasn't specific to PESPAC or it was specific to PESPAC, but it could be anything, and it's the daily, weekly, monthly, and on a daily basis. What are you doing, right? Are you making sure that uh, the information that goes into the CRM is uh, proper, that, that, the, that the computer protocols are being respected, you know, uh, how, whatever they are, you know? Um, are you uh, posting your cash, doing your invoices, doing your bank deposits, yada, yada, yada? And then your weekly, that is the audit. The auditor goes through and looks at every transaction you know, and depends on, you know, how big your company is that there may be a sampling, but they're looking at that. But the biggest thing to look at that, that 
the thing that's worth the, the the gold in your company is your database, right? And if your database stinks because you know uh, the, the 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 husband and wife's first names are Mister and Mrs. instead of you know what it needs right. to be, right? Um, that you know that needs to um, you, you need a process to to get that done. So so the, on a daily basis it's transactional. On a weekly basis it's audit. On a monthly basis, it's your closeout. And one of the things that I believe needs to get done, you know, you, you can talk to us about, you know, your accounting closeout, but a lot of people don't do is on a monthly basis, you should be doing price increases. Price increases for those who have an anniversary date of, you know, that month so that you're not doing all your price increases once a year, right? So everybody's used to it. And, and I believe that that's, part of your monthly closeout and then obviously all the accounting stuff that needs to you know your 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 uh, routing software into your uh, CRM and and et cetera et cetera but it's in the office it's it's got to be tight and it's got to be daily weekly and monthly and it's extremely important and, and that's really the place to start right if your office is a disaster your company's going to be a disaster so goes the office so goes the company and what that means is, is that, you know, I and I talked about this in, in, in my book, which is as an owner and in your managers and your leaders, you are systems engineers. Right. And you really need to see yourself that way. And, and not because, you know, you know, you're you don't care about people or that, you know, people can't do. But again, it's like I said before, our business is not difficult. Conceptually, it's not. But when you start scaling it, the basic of things communication <laughs> get really really difficult and what's going to save you are going to be systems and checklists that's what's going to keep things moving and that's what's going to keep the you know the simple things simple and that's what's going to create this you know where you when you say that yeah we're really in the top 25% or top 10% you will actually you will have you will be correct in saying that because the fact is is that we shop our competitors every year at triangle as i'm sure we get shopped and I am floored when I hear what some some of the companies say and how they get quoted and what's I mean, it, it, and it's not it's not that per, it's not that employee's fault. It's just a fact is, is that their sales systems aren't great or, you know, you call someone like, well, how much is the price? And they just tell it to you. Don't ask you your name. Don't give you you know, what I mean, like they just don't. Find, I mean, and, and, and that's, a, yeah. that's a system. That's a system. Yeah. And and so, you know, I guess my point here is, is that, again, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm up on the pulpit here and I'm preaching everyone to hell because that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, is as an owner, most likely, and and, by, and I put myself in this category, oftentimes we think we're pretty, pretty good. And then we start digging in and we realize, I mean, I, and I shared this experience in a previous podcast. Dan and I was in a business meeting, what, a month ago, Dan? We were here in Raleigh and someone tried to buy a service from us via text and it took them two hours. I was embarrassed. They tried to buy a service from Triangle because they had a house here in Raleigh. And you know what? Guess what? That got fixed. We had a system failure. You know, we were we were not able to see, you know, the texts were not flowing through to the salespeople as quickly as I'd like. And we fixed it. So my only point here is, is that, you know, this is a constant slog. It's it's something that they could always get better. And, you know, it, it's it's a process of constantly trying to upgrade and improve your systems because you will rise and fall based on that. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, uh, I've heard from many people with the podcast is we've got listeners who are one person operations for, and, and we have all the way to the CEOs of very large pest control companies. 
And so, you know, sometimes the information, you know, that, that would help one is kind of, you know, a no brainer to the other. But one of the things that I see when we take on a new client and, and this, it could be embarrassing, but, but I'm talking 10, $15 million companies, standardization of service. What does that mean? So I go into your CRM and you have 400 different service types and I've seen it over <laughs> and over again. I, I, Print the 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 you know the 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 uh, invoice uh, by service type and it's three pages long. Listen, you're you need three services: the, the the platinum, the gold, and the silver, and then anything else. But heck, more than ten or twelve services uh, under any one roof. That's all you need. I mean, h- how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's one hundred percent correct. I mean, it, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, again. It, you're right. I've seen really large. It, it goes back to this whole idea is that, and I think this is probably reflective of the owner. And, and again, this is more a philosophical answer than it is a, a, a concrete answer, which is, you know, I think as all owners, we have to be humble and we have to realize that you've never arrived. Right. And and just when you think you've got it figured out, life will, will slap you down and you'll look, it's like, well, I'm not at the top of the mountain yet. And so, so bringing it back to your point here, Dan, is that, yeah, a $10 million company with 400 service lines, it's like you have to stop for a minute and say, how do I scale and how do I simplify, simplify, simplify? And the way to do that is is you start with your systems. You make sure that they're rock solid. And these are difficult. Like, it's easy to write systems. It's difficult to get folks to follow them consistently and create the system because you need a system to manage the systems. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it absolutely is true. You know, at Triangle, you know, we have a vehicle inspection checklist for the field. We have a service inspection that, you know, we we check all of our, our technicians, like we might go out and do a ride along or whatever. Well, guess what? There's a system that follows up to make sure that the managers are following that system. And so, you know, it's, again, bringing it back to how do I build a brand? It really, the real question you need to be asking is, is how do I fulfill the promise as best as I possibly can? And it absolutely, the fundamentals here are systems and simplicity and is, as easy as that sounds, I cannot tell you how difficult it is once you start jumping into it. Because like you said, Dan, when you got, you know, 40 different service lines. It, you think, know, about, it, it, think about if McDonald's had, uh, you know, 100 different products, then they have to teach the cooks in the back how to make 100 different products. Now, you could go to some really high end restaurants and they do stuff like that. But if you want to scale the business. How do you tell your CSR or how do you train your CSR to talk to a customer who has one in a hundred services? Well, this one covers this, but not that. And and, right. and all of a sudden your technicians don't know, uh, you know, what's covered, what's not covered. But if you, if, if, you know, you, you have a hamburger, a cheeseburger and a Big Mac, that's it, right? <laughs> Maybe a double hamburger, double cheeseburger, but, 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 but right. You know, that that's kind of, you know, how you have to look at it. And I think that the, the the, really what the core of what you're saying here is, is that you have to, as an owner, you have to have faith and know that in order to get really, 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 really good at something, you absolutely have to focus. You know, I mean, you think about how, and, and I've used this example before, but, you know, Southwest Airlines, you know, think what you want to about them now, but the way that they became a really great company is that they did one thing, right? They were all domestic flights. They did not, they rejected the whole hub and spoke model. They did, you know, they did things differently, but that's all that they did. You know, no international flights. 
no different aircraft, all 737s. I mean, they standardized, standardized, standardized. And by getting really, really good, no one could compete with them with what they did. And, and you know, I think about this with the Pestar Lawn Company at Triangle. We only do residential. We offer three programs. That's that. And, you know, we know that our competitors usually, and I'm not saying that we can't get beat because we absolutely can. And I don't want to make it sound like we're infallible because we are not. But the fact is, if you're going to compete with us in those service categories, you better bring it because, I mean, we've got it dialed in, you know, I mean, and, and, but it's taken years to kind of get it there. And when you are spread thin or you've got multiple focuses, the fact is, is that you're probably going to be mediocre at all of them because you just don't have enough time to get it nice and slick and perfected like someone who doesn't is not focused on all of that. I mean, you can see this even in your own life, right? It's, it's the same thing. If you're focused on 20 things, nothing gets done. You focus on three, you know, now all of a sudden you're making progress. So. So before we close, let's talk about field operations. What do you look at? What, what's on your checklist uh, of what a supervisor uh, does all day in, in, in your company? So I think the main thing, obviously, and, and we all know this, is, you know, you've got to have we have what's called a tech summary report, which is basically a dashboard for each technician. So it starts there. You know, you've got to look at the numbers because the numbers will tell you something about a technician that you don't need, you know, you don't have to be in the field to see it. And so, you know, that's number one is that, you know, you've got to get the basics, which are, you know, it's going to be how many leads are they producing? How many reviews are they producing? How much are they producing in terms of work? What's their callback percent? You know, how's their driving? Those types of things. How long are they spending in, you know, behind the windshield? That's kind of base level, number one. And then number two. How often do you do that? How often do you do that for, is it daily? weekly. It's changing though. It's going to be daily uh, going forward. It's not there yet. We're still upgrading some of our data systems. It's going to give us that capability. Right now it's weekly. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the month, you know, at the end of the quarter, even at the end of the year, we give out awards based on, you know, folks who are producing a lot. And, you know, based on that scorecard, you know, there's a composite that, that all that gets created. And at the end of the year, it's a Christmas party. We'll, you know, award the folks who are over a certain threshold. So, so how That's much of that one. is automated and how much is, is manual? What, what I'm trying to show is that, man, that's a lot of work. Yeah, but it's a lot of work not to do it, too. Well, so. that's the thing, right? I mean, you, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, I know almost everyone listening here, 50 percent of your expense is payroll. If there ever was a big stick of profitability, it's your ability to manage efficiently your people. And making sure that they, when they're that they're gainfully employed and they're very productive when they are on the payroll, and that they're able to, to produce. And so, if you're having any kind of profitability issues, you know, outside of you going out and blowing a ton of money in marketing or a building or something stupid, the fact of the matter is you got to make sure you manage that gross margin tightly. And so, you want to make sure that this is this is your biggest lever by far in terms of getting yourself profitable is managing your labor extremely well. And it all starts in the field. And I don't, you know, typically speaking, when I look at different companies, most companies have got this down fairly well. And the reality of it is, is because most of them came up as technicians. And so they understand kind of what their critical numbers are. But the fact is, is you, you need to have a dashboard. That, that's kind of step one. And then in step two, you know, once you get the dashboard, and you understand what's happening, now it comes to fine tuning. And how do you fine tune? Well, you've got systems for, you know, think about this. Okay, so here's the numbers they gotta hit. And then the question that you need to be asking yourself is how do I enable them to be better? 
at Triangle, all of our trucks are standardized. You pull open the truck bed, you know, we have these toppers. It's the same for every single truck. Well, what does that allow me to do? Well, if a truck goes down, a technician jumps in another truck and he, does, he doesn't go out to a stop and he doesn't have all the materials that he needs, right? So there's standardization there. That gives us a capability that we didn't have before. Then there's the, are they following procedures, right? So you need to have a system in place where your technicians are getting inspected at least once a month. You know, ideally you're, you're, you're at least maybe twice a month to, you know, I think probably once a week is maybe overkill, especially if you got a senior technician, a newer technician may require that, but you need to have a system in place where you're, you're confirming that what you have as far as a checklist and procedures are actually being followed out in the field. So that's number two. Number three is, is like, again, going back to what's going to hurt my capability to produce, how am I doing on my trucks? Are they being inspected every single week? You know, or, you know, am, am I making sure it's really just once you get that dashboard figured out, going through each line item of that dashboard and saying, how do I make that better? How do I prevent something from happening here? Because, you know, it never fails. We lose someone, sales go up. We lose a truck, sales go up. I mean, it, it always happens that we have like the perfect storm. And so you want to give yourself as many options and as much consistency as possible. And the way to do that is through systems, checklists, and procedures. So, so what, one of the things that, that I hear all the time, and, and it, it's usually uh, that my software can't provide this information. My software can't provide certain information. And some of the most successful kind of larger companies have basically said, okay, well, I give up on my software. I am gonna have a data analytics person on my staff whether they're using you know, a, a program to help uh, integrate all that data, but they are exporting from their CRM, from QuickBooks, from you know, uh, their uh, fleet management and whatnot, and then creating the dashboards rather than complaining about the software. Because the software is never gonna do what you want. I mean, mm -hmm. the, 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 it's just, it's not built for that. Um, you know, And so uh, if you're not ready for a full-time data analytics person, by the way, that person could be a high school, a high schooler. All they're doing is exporting data and putting it into a, um, you know, uh, compiling it and putting it into a dashboard. Um, um, most high school kids probably know how to do that, and if not a college kid. So um, that's one of those things. Rather than waiting for your software to uh, do whatever it is that they're going to do to make your life this utopia, that's never going to happen. Well, and I think the thing that the other mindset here that probably needs to get addressed is, is that your CRM is your business. That is simply not true. You know, you, when you think about all the drivers in your business, okay, you got marketing. Well, what drives marketing? A big piece of that's going to be digital. Well, where are you getting data from there? Well, there's Google Analytics. It's, it's multiple sources of data. You know, at Triangle, what we do is we use a data warehouse. And we pull everything into our own database. And we do exactly what you just said there. We get all of our... because you know, the CRM is a component of the data that we need. It's not all the data that we need and no piece of software and no, you know, data repository is good because as a business, of course, you know, each, like the CRM is very focused on, you know, scheduling, invoicing, some, in some cases, communication, right? It's not necessarily focused on marketing, cost per lead, cost per sale, right? And, and so you've got to be able to pull all that together. Now, in the early days, we couldn't do that. So what do we do? We, we use spreadsheets and we would we would pull that stuff in to our spreadsheets and we would we would put the data because what you've got to be able to do as an owner is put all that together and paint the picture and really to un to understand what's going on, because you could be the best in the world at marketing. 
But if you're not able to convert, you know, so marketing is one data source. And if you, you know, converting is out of your CRM and, and then, you know, how do I get that better? You've got to be able to kind of mesh all those data pieces there. So that it actually gives you something useful and actionable that you can do in your business. And so, you know, the way we solve it at Triangle, and I'm not recommending that people do this, is that we use a data warehouse. But if you can't afford that, you don't have the technical chops for that. Well, and by the way, we don't. We hired someone to do that. <laughs> um, is, you know, use spreadsheets. I did it for years. It, it, you know, you, I think the main thing is you got to figure out the what first and then the how will come later. Right. And, and we get more and more sophisticated. Where, where I see people getting off trail here is where they figure out, oh, yeah, we needed this, this and this. And they get completely and totally lost in the how. They become software integrators. They you know, they spend all the time on the software. It's never quite right. The data is never quite right. And you know, one of my favorite books was the Toyota Way, and, and it you know it, it highlights how back in the 80s and 90s how Toyota just became a giant, and they you know they basically outperformed every single. They went from last to first. They outperformed every major car manufacturer. And the fact is, is that while GM and Ford and all these other folks were investing in this heavy robotic technology. Toyota didn't, you know, and they still produced better cars in the end. And so, and it was because it was, you know, they, they jumped on that technology and that's not to say that they don't use robotics. I'm not saying that, but the point of it is, is that they used technology where it made sense, but they didn't fall in love with technology and have the technology become a distraction. And I see that so much in our industry. People get so wrapped up with their CRM doesn't do this. The CRM doesn't, it's like, stop it. Get yourself a freaking spreadsheet, put the data together and start doing real work. Stop worrying about things that you can't control. So anyway, I'll get off my so here, soapbox. Here, here, here's, uh, th this is a real interesting one, and I'll probably piss off every uh, routing software out there by saying this, but I can't tell you how much that all of these routing softwares, and they call me, can I can can, can I help them with this? We've got to have, uh, it's got to integrate with, with QuickBooks. Well, no, it doesn't. And the reason that it doesn't is because everybody runs their QuickBooks differently and their CRM mm -hmm. differently. And if you dump it into QuickBooks, you're not going to get that really good information. And oh, by the way, all throughout the month, you never look at a P&L mid-month. You always look at it when it's done because you don't have payroll. You don't have certain expenses. The only thing that you can see is your revenue numbers. Well, heck, you can go into your CRM and see that. But but this notion that we have to have this download from the CRM into QuickBooks, when I can do a journal entry that takes me two minutes and do it manually, and oh, by the way, I can see whether there's accuracies or inaccuracies or you know how it works. And um, everybody's trying to do this 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 data dump. I I just think that it's it's uh, it's it's not necessary. And well, in fact, sometimes detrimental. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name call here, but I will say, Dan, it's a, a particular fellow that you and I used to work with in one of our peer groups. And every time he would come to report, he would be talking about software development that he was doing, and I would wear him out every single meeting. Like, what are you doing? And and the fact is, he didn't grow very much. You know, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to oh, say. I know it. who you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. And I I would get on him every time. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, yeah, that's cool and all, but what what about your growth here? Your growth sucks, right? And so anyway, it's point being is that and again, getting it back to the real, like you know, how do you how do you build a brand? The fact is is that you identify what's really really important for the customer experience. You create your systems and checklists in order to you know provide that. 
And then you get the data so that you can get better and you engage in that process over and over and over and over again. And you're constantly evolving. And it's, you know, it's it's like running up a hill that never ends, right? You you, you don't ever reach a point where everything's perfect and it's just chasing excellence. And that's how you get into the top 10%. And when you go to meetings and people ask you how you're doing and you say, yeah, we provide great service at a great value. The fact is, is that you may, you know, that's the folks, the folks who are really big into um, systems, procedures, and checklists, and they enable their people, they create a system to manage the systems. Those are the real deal, you know, and that it absolutely is a decision that you make as an owner. That's why we say, right? Not we, I didn't come up with this, by the way, I would love to tell you that I was super smart and I did, but, um, but the business truly is a reflection of the owner and it really comes down to your commitment to do that. So I'll get off my soapbox. I know this is, this is one of those, I, I almost sound like I, I sounded preachy, but it's something I care a lot about and it's something that I've seen and I've made a lot of the mistakes that are come along with that. But anything to add here, Dan, before we finish well, out? Great, great, great conversation. Just remember brands are built over time from community recognition of great, um, you know, invisibility and customer satisfaction. And that's built by having a great operation. And there's no two ways about it. You absolutely have to deliver on the promise. So, Alrighty, folks. Well, there it is. You've managed to waste some more time with Dan and I. As a reminder, we we very much appreciate any ratings, reviews, sharing the podcast. We 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 love um, you know doing this podcast. We love uh, hope that it has an impact and helps you out in your business. And with that, we're going to sign off. We'll see you all next time. You take care. Okay.